0: Ever wanted a career in football? At the Global Institute of Sport, you can now study a master's degree in football business or football coaching and analysis right here in Australia. GIS is the largest provider of sports degrees in the UK, with campuses at Wembley and Etihad Stadium. Learn online with unique access to the iconic MCG and a big-hitting Australian industry network. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport/fnr. That's gis.sport/fnr.
1: You're listening to The State of Our Football Nation on FNR. As we do each and every week at Football Nation Radio, we talk about the game, Uh, all matter of things. We talk about the game, we talk about the attendances, we talk about the tactics, and we talk about uh, the uh, fantastic uh, uh, surprises that every now and then, every week, up comes a result. And we look at one another and we go, Did you see that coming? Uh, Lockie Flanagan joins me this week, as he has done for a number of weeks. Uh, running the uh, the controls in our studio in Docklands. Uh, Lockie, good afternoon and welcome to Sufen, or State of Our Football Nation. How are you, how you coping and, and what have you made of this past week? Um, good thanks, George.
0: You know what, I, a little peek behind the curtain to <laughs> the people who are listening or watching on, on live stream. I often wish that we just turned the mics on by mistake about... 10, 15 minutes before we, <laughs> we went to air, because what did you have in mind? So, well, some of the conversations we have about the games that have happened during the week since last time I, I saw you, uh, I think they're they're on air worthy <laughs> on air worthy discussions. <laughs> uh, I particularly enjoyed the the game on on Sunday between Melbourne City and and Wellington Phoenix, with yes. Wellington getting that sort of late late uh, late equaliser to, to save them a point. Oh, and I, what a well constructed goal! I thought
1: this the late last twenty minutes was. Really exciting stuff. Uh, City should have had this game wrapped up in the first half.
2: Yeah, They I think did enough right.
1: in the first half to 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 win the game. But, you know, if you don't take advantage of all your opportunities, and we do this, we talk about this every year, and we see it at every level of football. And I'll tell you what, it'll be amplified come the World Cup. The sides that convert their opportunities will get through the, um, the group stages, and they'll win the knockout and let's see who's uh, you know, standing at the end of the competition because it will be about the sides that are the best converters. That's, that's, that's what football's about. I also if you can't think... put it in the back of the net, you stand condemned.
0: I also think in some regards George it's it's not about who's standing at the end of the competition it's about who's standing when the competition starts because there's so many players yeah, suffering such bad injuries I mean you must it must have been a painful week for you because of the the, the sun injury just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah devastation for Tottenham Hotspur uh, well devastation
1: um, was the game against Newcastle I never like to lose at home and you know Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium has become this year, a much better fortress than uh, we imagined. Um, there have been some very good results. But the game against Newcastle proved that you cannot start the game halfway through the contest. You've got to start at the beginning. Um, the, the side, I don't know for what reason, it's just not bursting out of the blocks with intent, which is a word that you like to use a lot. Um, uh, and they don't, they don't say to the opposition, listen... Uh, watch out, we're coming. It's as if they go, uh, welcome to Hotspur Way. Have your way with us for the first 45 minutes. Do your best because if you can't, we're going to finish on top of you, Um, which has been the case for many games. But uh, the game against Newcastle proved that uh, Eddie Howe's side has much improved. They've got players playing out of their skin. I think he's managed to lift the quality and confidence of a group of players that I thought were almost shot.
0: Almiron is in the a, a form of his life, is he not? Well, absolutely. And it dovetails quite nicely with Newcastle's form as a team. Yep. They would be on one of, if not the strongest run, I think, in the Correct. Premier League now with Correct. Arsenal dropping points a couple of weeks ago against Southampton. They'd be right up there with the with the best. And Almiron, it's hilarious. I mean, he's going to look back on october's goal of the month nominees and probably 75 percent him exactly right and on that subject we're going to catch
1: up very shortly with uh, nick montgomery who's the head coach of the central coast mariners and uh, one of the reasons we've got him on or getting him on is because the last time we had him on um, the interview was so well received we had uh, viewers telling us they wanted more uh, we had management saying to us that was a damn good interview. Can you organise another one with Nick real soon? And then, of course, what happened? We watched his side take on one of the best teams in the competition, uh, Western United. Uh, and let me tell you, after after giving away two goals in the first half, and yes, the other side, Western, got you know the you know had to play uh, the late stages of that game one man short. But my, my word, if you want to see how to outmanoeuvre 10 men in a hurry, the Central Coast Mariners showed the entire league <laughs> just how to go about it. Agreed. And it does help when you've got some very speedy young players. And one, Garen Quoll, continues to open my eyes to his sheer football nous mm. and poise. Yeah. yeah, He may not have the experience. In fact, we know he hasn't. And Nick will tell us 10 times he's only played how many minutes and how many games has he started for us. Um, it, it's just exciting. It's exhilarating to watch. And they came home, can I say it, with the proverbial wet sail. I'm, I'm a Port Melbourne boy <laughs> and I watch the sailing competition each Wednesday and and uh, each, other, each other day in the week. And I can tell you, when you see a team putting it together really smoothly, that vessel can just about lift and, and fly across the water. And they flew across the pitch. Mm. Well, What they score? F- four goals?
0: Yeah, four goals. It was it was all quality. Well, Nick Montgomery, head coach of the Central Coast Mariners, you've, uh, you've heard George's summation of the afternoon. How did you enjoy yourself in that win <laughs> over Western
2: United? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you again.
1: Uh, you heard what we said. Uh, we've had people from everywhere say, "Can you get Nick Montgomery back on?" And even had we've even had the management team here say that was a very good uh, bit of radio. Can we get Nick back on? And sure enough, Nick's back on.
2: Well done last week. Oh no, cheers, guys. Look again. It's, uh, so it was nice to talk to you last time, and lots happened since then. Obviously with the Grand thing. Going to Newcastle and then the All Access following him around for, for this game, but yeah, just talking talking about the game on the weekend. It was I think is what you know what what I expect from the team and what we expect as a group. Um, and yeah, look, it was a slow start. We uh, we conceded a, an own goal in Wellington in the 88th minute to, to to give two points to Wellington, and then yeah, the first home game against Perth was. I think I said to the boys, you know, we've had a good pre-season. You know, we've had a lot of good results against the Melbourne cities, the Melbourne victories, and maybe a little bit of overconfidence and and complacency. And I think, you know, turning into that game against Perth, possibly we thought we'll turn up and and win the game, and that just doesn't happen in sport. And I think that was a real learning for what is a very, very young team. And, and yeah, I thought the reaction against Western United on the weekend, you know, I was... Shocked that we weren't two three nil up in the first twenty minutes, and you know, then then two counter attacks. I think they got in our final third three times, and, and we found ourselves two nil down from what, two quality goals from from a quality uh, you know a quality player in Connor Payne and, and assisting a goal against his old club. Again, something that happens in football quite regularly, um, you know. But after that, I, I, you know, I knew we'd get back into the game, and, and I really did feel that we're going and win the game, and, and we did that emphatically in the end.
1: Uh, I've got to say, Nick uh, is our special guest. Nick Montgomery, the head coach of the Central Coast Mariners. Nick, I was watching your face uh, when the when the side copped those two goals, those two incisive breaks, those those counters from Western United, and I and I reflected straight away back to the grand final when they did a similar job to uh, Melbourne City, and they upset them and won the grand final. I thought they had scouted well. I thought they. would got a match plan and they took it to the nth degree and completed it got a bit of luck yes but they got the two goals in the grand final and they won it and against you in that first 15 minutes you your boys looked untouchable and had had you been able to convert we would have seen a, a tremendous score on the board of course we didn't and then we had to watch or you had to watch two exhilarating bits of you know counter play or transition play. And Western were up two nil, and I watched your face, and I thought, you know, he's not showing any panic here. What were you thinking at that precise moment? Moment when you went down two nil, not one nil, but
2: two nil. Yeah, just you know, a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of of shock, but being in football a long time, you know, I understood that this can happen in football. I've been in games before when we've totally dominated, and, and you know, the t- opposition has one shot. Look, Western are a team that. Like you mentioned then, you know, they, they have a playing style and that's to sit off and, and that's to, you know, to, to try and defend and, and, and catch on the counter-attack. So, look, I don't think we fell into that. I think it was a case of, you know, we got a very young team, you know, Nectar trantis 19-year-old professional debut in the A-League, under-20 national team captain, you know, it was his first game. And Tommy Aquilina, recruited from West Sydney Wanderers, very good young player. But also that was his debut for the club. So look, there's two two moments in the game which I said to my time where we got it a little bit wrong. Look, um, you know, Tommy should have dropped earlier and blocked Connor Payne, um, and also you know on the overlap, uh, Nectar should have dropped for the second goal. So it was really just two moments out of the whole 45 minutes where we got it wrong and, and we got punished. Um, so look, you know, I was never in any doubt that we'd get back in the game. And then at time, I told the boys that, and you'll probably see on the All Access tonight, yeah. um, you know. I think some, some, uh, you know, if the boys hadn't have played well, then yeah, maybe it would have been a different team talk, but the boys were playing so well. We dominated every facet of the game. I think it was 14 shots to three at half time, mm. Massive on the possession stats, box entries. So when you're looking at uh, statistics, you know, all we missed in the first half was putting the ball in the back of the net. We had a Jason Cummings disallowed goal. So, really, it was just don't change anything, but freshen it up a little bit and and and, and create a little bit more width um, because they're already a team that sits back and defends. So, you know, we knew for the next 45, 50 minutes they would sit back and defend. So, you know, we had to you know we had to carry on doing what we're doing, not change anything, but yeah, just just get one goal and, and get back in the game, and that's what we did.
1: Uh, Nick Montgomery, you mentioned the All Access Programme. Uh, the APL and, of course, Football Australia and, and a bunch of others uh, have said now for quite some time, and this is what fans have been saying: What are you going to do to, you know, excite us about the game? Well, this all-access program that uh, you know is has been launched now, and I think it's is it edition three or edition I four, think it's four, edition four. four. So far, what I've seen has been the the most exciting insight and and involvement that the game has needed. Um, for a long, long time, what's it like actually allowing the cameras to come into the club and be there in the dressing room? Well, are they intrusive, or do you have to say to
2: them, "Look past it, we've got a game to play"? No, look to be honest, they're, they're the good people, and you know when I first came to the Mariners, we had the uh, you know, the, the code, the life for the Mariners, and I remember them guys, once you get to know them, you sort of forget that they're there. You know, they sort of blend into the background and, you know, they sort of become part of the staff as as weird as it sounds. <laughs> um, and, and, and and yeah, look, we obviously, are, uh, you know, we want to grow the game here and, and to, to allow people to access, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly and, and, and really see what it's like. And I think you saw that in the Brisbane one, you know, sometimes it comes across and, and people will be shocked, but, you know, it's a pressure environment and it's about winning. It's about results and when it is, you know, you see people, you see the real emotion, um, and and look, I think you do at times forget. You know, I did on I did on the weekend. You know, I forgot the cameras were there. My <laughs> wife reminded me. My, my wife reminded me <laughs> with the swearing, um, and that's something I need to stop. But when you see it on camera, um, I think they'll show a little bit tonight. But look, I think people want to see the passion as well. They want to see what 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 real football is, and and been in in the dressing room and been in that environment and. Yeah, I think it's really good. And you look at the Arsenal one, the the Leeds one, the yeah. documentaries. Yeah. I think that really does bring the fans close to to the teams. And and look, no doubt, sometimes it can be positive, sometimes it can be negative. But hopefully tonight will be positive because you know the story is following Garang. You know, a kid that came from nowhere. Um, you know, two years ago he was a kid kicking balls around in Shepperton and and now he's on the world stage. You know, he's at a Premier League club. He's possibly going to the World Cup if he continues to perform and Graham Arnold sees uh, him fit to go there. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, looking forward to it tonight. My kids are looking forward to watching it and they say, Daddy, you better not be swearing, so (laughs) I'll probably leave the house at that
1: point. Uh, Nick Montgomery is our guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR and uh, what he's talking about is the all-access program that uh, Paramount Plus and uh, the football department has introduced to uh, add uh, some zest and some zoosh to the, um, they, they say colour and movement um, <laughs> on television, uh, in television parlance. Uh, the competition uh, is looking already um, infinitely exciting. Uh, what we saw in, in some of the uh, early all-access uh, footage, especially the, the Brisbane Raw stuff against uh, Melbourne City, we saw two players that, that cared enough, that cared enough to vent their spleen, but, and and remind fans the world over that players actually do care, and you see it at training, and you also see it in the game, and you see it in the in the dressing room, and you can vouch for it. They really do care. It's just that how they cope under pressure.
2: Yeah, for sure. Again, like it's a pressure environment, and when it's your, when it's your job, it's a full time job, and I think people can see that. You know, when you've got families, and, and you know you you got a contract, you know you're fighting fighting for the contract you're fighting to you know to, to to get a new contract for next year and the best way to do that is by winning games and being successful so i think that that that's a real real life picture you know people don't see that you know premier league players are earning eight to ten million pounds a year but you know lower leagues like the A leagues you know they, they, they're earning a modest wage and i think that you know the, the statistic in in from the pfa is, is the most average Time players spend in the A League is two years. So, when you look at that as a statistic, that's a damning statistic that a professional in the A League lasts for two years. And again, you know, we're trying to change that. We're trying to bring in young players that can, you know, that that can have longer careers in the A League. But ultimately, some of them move overseas as well. So, um, yeah, it's definitely real life. And it's good that the fans get to see that.
0: Nick, someone who's had a or will have a relatively limited career in the A League, at least to this point, is <laughs> but with good reason. Is yeah, yeah. of course is of course Garang Quall. Now we'll ask a bit more, maybe about the the Newcastle move later. But the thing that is, uh, you know, hot on the uh, agenda at the moment is obviously the the Socceroos squad selection. It's officially announced next week. A lot of people waiting to see whether Garang Quall will make that that final list. Uh, there are some people and JC. Jason Cummings, of course, we'll yeah, yeah, get to him too. Yeah. But there are there are some people in the camp who are saying, "Well, would mount the argument that well, how could Garing be select for a national team, or how could someone be select for a national team well, when they started. haven't started a game?" <laughs> now, obviously, he came off the bench at halftime, got forty five minutes, played a pivotal role in that in that comeback. Do you think that he's ready to start, or is there something more that you want to see from him, his game, before he can start running
2: at nineties? Yeah, look, you know, he's fighting to start. But like I said, after the game on the weekend, I thought, you know, the decision for him to come uh, off and be an impact when I look at it, you know, and I told this to Garang that, you know, if Graham Arnold is going to look to take him, he's not going to take him to start games. He's going to take Mm. him to make an impact off the bench. So, you know, to protect him and give him the best opportunity. I feel that's the best way. And and look, you know, you probably saw in the media a while back, you know, Garang had a good pre-season with us. He was probably in a good good state to, to, to start games and then all of a sudden, you know, the national under-20s under, under team took him and Nectar Trant mm. away for a couple of weeks so they sort of took that away from him to play in a youth tournament which I didn't agree with. That's my opinion. I'm not going to change my opinion on that. You know, playing first-team football is the best way of developing mm. to go overseas and, and playing against men, you know, not playing against uh, kids from, yep. from countries where, you know, no disrespect but they're not top-level uh, countries so, yeah, We lost him and Nectar for two weeks. He came back jet lagged. You know, it took him six or seven days to actually get back to to where we expect. And 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 yeah, look, he's got a chance to start this weekend against West Sydney. If not, we got for the week after before the break. So yeah, I'll have to decide that. But, you know, again, you know, the the question is, is Graham Arnold gonna start him if he takes him to the World Cup. Mm -hmm. I very much doubt it. So I think the best for him right now is is the impact he makes and you know, he has to do it what he did. For forty five minutes on the weekend mm. he has to stretch that for ninety minutes, but that's what he's got to grow to as a player and, and he's only gonna do that by that by playing games. So yeah, it's it's an argument that everyone can have. But I've got my opinion and, and my vision of how best to protect him and that's how I feel at the minute.
0: Well, I, I think it's a great point, Nick, and not it's many not many that people who would be advocating against him on that basis have probably Considered. I mean, if Gray, as you said, if Graham Arnold is looking for an impact sub, then what better way for you as a coach and for Garing as a player to show what they can offer to the squad to fill that slot than continue to be an impact uh, impact player in this league?
1: We yeah, saw, we totally saw, it. we saw during the Olympics, Azani and Tilio used the same way as impact players. Did we not, Nick?
2: Yeah, we did. We talked to other players then. No, but well, I think. I haven't seen Arzani and Tilio do it against Barcelona. No, um, no, no. And, no. and players of that ilk. So again, if you're gonna, you know, if we if we're gonna compare, you're talking about three talented players there. But if you're talking about making an impact, um, you know, everybody's seen what he's done. So that for me, that puts him above, you know, above the two players you've mentioned as impact players. And mm. and you do need impact players in in, in modern day football. Absolutely. I think Newcastle United on the weekend used six subs first time in a Premier League game. Yeah. So, you know, why, why not use the six subs and, and they're flying at the minute they're you know, flying high in the Premier League the
0: other player of course who George brought up before he was definitely in that is conversation too is Jason Cummings and he certainly <laughs> certainly didn't do his case any harm on the weekend what a performance
2: uh, look Jason is, is, you know he's a top top class player he really is and and people ask me, you know, why is he at the Mariners? And I and I tell him, look, the only reason he's at the Mariners is because he's made some poor life choices when he was younger. Um, because, you know, the guy the guy's, you know, he could be at Knott's Forest now playing in the Premier League. And I've told Jason that and, and and he admits that. But right now he's reinvented his career. You know, he's he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk and, and he's a good character. And I think you saw away with the soccer it you know it seemed like him, it was like all about him and garang. And I think that's because is a character that he is, and when you go into a major tournament, you know I think you need good characters, and I think Graham Arnold sees that. But but not taking away what a fantastic player he is, and you know not only can he, he create, you know he can score. I mean, look on the weekend he could have had a hat trick and, and three. He got three assists and he had two goals chalked off. One of them absolutely outrageous from the from yep. the referee to <laughs> not stop the game, let the game play on, yep. and then he scores, and then he stops mm. the game and and chalks it off. But. I think you all saw the goal against Wellington as well. He's, yeah. uh, he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's, without doubt, top scorer in the league. If he didn't have four goals, disallowed. <laughs> uh, Nick,
1: young De Silva. It looks like he's come back into... Yeah, Sil- Silvera, you Sorry, mean. Silvera, Silvera is looking uh, with um, some real uh, polish. He's got a lovely bit of poise on him. Silvera, I'm daydreaming.
2: Yeah, look, Sammy. Sammy's a very, very talented player, and you know, I believe that when it all clicks into place for him, I think you know he could go on and play for the Socceroos because he's quick. He's got good ability. Um, you know, if anything, he's he needs to find that consistency. But look, in the first couple of rounds, he, he's devastating in front of goal. You know, but in terms of of what he gives, he can give more. And and he's and he's you know that's all clicking at the minute. And, and he's got competition. He needs competition for places and. Yeah, look, I took him off on the weekend. He, he probably could have had his third goal, but at halftime, I just needed to freshen it up. And look, Sammy's, Sammy's, you know, he's in the, he's in the right place, and he's going to continue to develop into a fine attacking player. I've no doubt. Uh,
1: well, we're we're thrilled a bit that um, the uh, the boys are, are taking, as they say, the opportunity to showcase their skills. I thought their movement in those first fifteen minutes was exhilarating. And it it didn't really deviate, even though you lost those two goals. Uh, the side, the one thing that you've managed to instill in them is this desire to move the ball and move it in a in a fashion
2: that hurt, can hurt the opposition. Yeah, look, everyone has a, a playing style and an identity. You know, we want to be a team that excites the fans, that score goals, that's got high energy. And look, last season we got the smallest budget, the youngest team, we finished the second highest scorers in the league. You know, behind Melbourne City, who have virtually a Socceroos front four, um, so that for us is a challenge this year. And our challenge, the boys, though we want to score goals. Obviously, you have to, you know, keep goals out the other end. But um, yeah, I mean, look, we've we've given some sloppy goals away up to now, but we've virtually got a whole new back backline. And although pre season we uh, you know we had a lot of clean sheets, you know, when the season starts, so you do get you do get punished And We seem to have been punished by every mistake we've made. Um, but yeah, I want to be a team yeah that, that, that scores a lot of goals and that's why we've got a lot of attacking players and options on the bench.
1: Fantastic.
0: To, to that end, Nick, maybe before we let you go with a, a view to the the weekend, how do you prepare for a game like the one you've got this Saturday against Western Sydney Wanderers their second. Top on the table behind on goal difference. i have only conceded one all year. Do you think your sort of movement-heavy style is is one that can unlock what's been a, a pretty mm. solid defence so far this season?
2: I don't doubt we can score goals against anyone in the league. Mm. You know, I think the stats are, so all the stats today, they're, they're one of the lowest creating teams. We're one of the highest creating teams. So it's got everything... Everything in the mix to make it a good game. But look, they have a lot of experienced players. I was going to say all, but experienced players. (laughs) And experienced players know how to win games when they don't play well, you know. Um, But, you know, we know that we're a good team and, and we know that we can score against anybody in the league. So, you know, I find it, I do find it interesting. I don't I don't know if it's because the season just started but we're only 3 games in they're 4 games in yeah everybody's talking about the form of this team and that team you know right now it means absolutely zero you know it's a marathon not a sprint and an early season form yeah again there's going to be a world cup break and after that I think once we get through that world cup break I think you know it will start to take shape and a lot of games a lot of points to play for uh the men making a lot an awful lot of
1: sense on FNR state of our <laughs> Football nation is uh, the head coach of the Central Coast Mariners, who's been enormously generous with his time, Nick Montgomery, and um, he's very excited because, uh, as football fans should be, Central Coast Mariners fans, it's all on uh, Paramount Plus tonight from about I think it's seven thirty. Is that right, Nick? The yeah, all access program.
2: Yeah, seven thirty tonight. I think it drops. So, like I said, you know, looking forward to watching it, and yeah, they managed to to capture some good moments um, for Garang and and for the club. So hopefully we come across well on it. Uh, Lockie and I wear headphones. We might have to send you a pair to
1: wear while you're watching the program so that uh, you can please the wife. You you will not hear any any foul language.
2: Yeah, no, she'll uh, she'll definitely give me a crack if if, if the kids are watching it.
1: Mate, thank you very much for, again, uh, making a real difference and helping us uh, get an idea of just the sort of excitement that uh, that is that is being generated by not only yourself, but also that current crop of, of, of players that you put together. We wish you every success and uh, good luck on the weekend. Uh, Nick Montgomery from the Central Coast Mariners joining us on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Thank you, Cheers,
2: Nick. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers, and guys. Take care. Thank, thank you. you.
1: And State of Our Football Nation, of course, proudly brought to you tonight, as it is each and every week, by GIS, that is the Global Institute of Sport, and we'll talk about them a bit more throughout the program. But coming up, a tremendous uh, opportunity to catch up with a young member of the W League side at the Brisbane Roar. She's very, very, very good talker. She's taken us through a full, um, uh, you know, insight into what she's been up to. Her name is Shay Connors, and we'll be talking to her in just a moment. You're listening to the state of our football nation on FNR. That time of the week, George Donekian joined by Lockie Flanagan in the Victorian studios in Docklands and joining us via Zoom, a very special guest, Lockie. Indeed. Uh, someone we've been wanting to talk to for quite some time, someone who played a lot of her football last year in the NPL in New South Wales. And uh, had a great time playing for Apia Leichhardt, one of the great, grand old clubs in Australia. Great history of turning out talent and and also putting on very talented teams on the pitch. Uh, her name is Shay Connors. She's from the United States of America originally, Connecticut born girl. Uh, we're thrilled to have her. Shay, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Now, listen, how long have you been in Australia and, and have you managed to cope with the accent?
3: I I have. I've been here all, like three and a half years, like approaching four um, in the new year, which is actually crazy. So I've been here for a while, so I'm pretty used to it now.
1: Well, this, this makes you borderline Australian, doesn't it?
3: I'm practically Australian now, <laughs> you <let me> say.
1: <laughs> So what have you learnt in your time down under? What, first of all, let's go way back. Where did this start for you? Where did this game of football grab your fancy? And where did you start your uh, your love for the game?
3: Uh, when I was younger, I have a twin sister. So my mom just signed us up to random things, like when we were four or five. And I just, I loved it, like immediately. We did other stuff growing up, but soccer just football rather just you know took took like our, my heart and I've just been obsessed ever since I was little and playing against my sister in the backyard and then you know <laughs> different club teams and yeah in high school and then college in the states has a great system you know so I you know I went and played there and then I played also in Iceland before I ended up coming to Australia eventually so
1: wow uh, Shay Connors did you mention that you have a twin
3: I do is I have she twin identical too. twin no, we're fraternal. We look nothing alike.
1: Poor. I was just going to say, could you imagine the impact you would have if you if you were
0: identical? Uh, yeah, that, that. I mean, that would, I mean, I'm just trying oh, to think. Oh like, I mean, we have a double in, in, trouble in the Victorian NPL, and now playing for Western United next season. We have a a pair of twins who are. I mean, I think I think they are identical twins. Uh, wow, Adriana and Melissa Taranto, and it's just like. It's a nightmare to try and mark them because they both play in midfield. They both look very similar. And I was like, if, if we had two sets of twins in the A League women's, that would just be. Oh, man. That would know, be terrific. You could also maybe send your sister to the games that you don't quite fancy playing, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> Untapped yeah, honestly, potential, anyway.
1: So, what position did you play and what position does your sister play or did play?
3: uh i play forward but my sister has always she like played defense so it was perfect for 1v1s in the backyard <laughs> and she was really good she's taller than me um and was a lot stronger on the ball growing up so um,
1: she was a bully is yeah. what you're telling us <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> a brick wall to get past like wow. real strong so it was good playing and then she she didn't she played up till she was 18 but then stopped um in college a lot of people girls, like because our college system is pretty much like a little professional setup it's basically like full time and a lot of people like if you want the full college experience like it's just a different experience and she wanted to like go to school and you know be so, more social
1: okay so you played the game uh, from very young you played it at college what happened then
3: yeah in college or after college
1: after college
3: uh after college so i had some offers to play like abroad and then i went to play in iceland's top league in the pepsi league just randomly had a good offer and honestly i just wanted to go travel so i was like why not so i played there for a year and then it was freezing and <laughs> <laughs> it was depressing at times it was just so cold and rainy um all the time and i came i was in new york winter then i went to iceland then i came back and it was winter again mm. And then I got this random, like, I had a friend of a friend who knew someone here in Australia that, like, sent my stuff out. And then I got flown out by a local NPL club, Logan Lightling, and I basically, like, never left, pretty much. And then I ended up getting picked up for the Roar and then played with Lions, the Lions football club, last, last NPL, and then played with Roar um, again. And then moved down to Appia, and now I'm back with Roar.
1: Okay, so so from your perspective, how different is life in Brisbane and how different is life in Sydney?
3: Yeah, it's quite different. It, it's it's a lot busier down there, but I actually I like, liked it for different reasons. I was living in Bondi. It was honestly. Perfect, perfect.
1: <laughs> I lived at Tamarama exactly. for a lifetime, so Tamarama is right next door to Bondi, oh and, and it's just the most magic place, especially if you want to – keep fit because it has all the running tracks all the mm-hmm. all the beaches of course so how long were you in you Bondi for the year were you
3: no just like the last 6 months because i came right after our npl season and then just honestly like had a week off and then went to sydney and like played the next week um but it was incredible. I, Bronte and Tamarama were actually my favorites. I, I usually would just like beeline and walk over there. But I, I swear I walked more than ever in my entire life. Like, <laughs> I, everyone's so active. Oh, yes. Yeah. If it's an like even nice day, bad day, everyone's walking everywhere. Like I only drove to go to training pretty much or games. Like yeah, I, if for people,
1: everywhere. for people that don't know Bondi and Tamarama, um, <laughs> they, they call Tamarama Glamorama. Uh, oh, yeah. And and uh, it, the reason is there's so much traffic, there is so much movement, so many people want to use the, the parks, they want to use the beaches, they want to access the restaurants. So it is full of beans, it is magical, um, especially if you have uh, a job that you like and people around you that can support you and it sounds like you had a wonderful time because Apia a very good they're, they're a family club in so many ways they they look after you and make sure that they're playing great football. did you have, you would have had a great time there
3: oppia uh, was honestly it was the best they like took such great care of me like obviously as like an import kind of an international like they helped me find somewhere to live you know they also helped me i worked at uh I coached at a boys' private school down there at Newington college yeah on Newington also. well that's, yeah, the so was- that's the
1: elite that's the elite. Uh, yeah, it was, school yeah. there's some of the, the sorry the greater public schools of uh, new south wales and sydney the gps schools up there are uh, are uh, almost like colleges aren't they american yeah, well, colleges they
3: beautiful that's what i thought i, I hadn't seen facilities like this Th- this schools were incredible like i worked at the high school and both the middle school and apia like my coach spencer prior helped me set that up like right when i got there so i had a job And then I was playing, and then living in Bondi. It was honestly, it was honestly, (laughs) it was a a hard move at first because I hadn't experienced cold. I've been living in Queensland, and it is much like winter here is like not even winter. But down there, I had to have my mom send me my winter coats from home. I was freezing. So
0: that that would explain why you didn't entertain any office from NPL Victoria (laughs) because it'd be (laughs) even worse. Oh
1: yeah, it's been the coldest winter in Victoria in years. We would we would have frightened you, but but then again, I, I reflect. I've spent a number of winters in New York. Yeah, a lot of Christmases. And, the, the, the you know, the cold winds off the Hudson, they're cold. You freeze. So for you to tell me that you felt great cold weather in Iceland or you were freezing in Iceland tells me that you were to cope with Victoria.
3: Yeah, I... I I think um, living in Queensland has turned me into a baby in <laughs> My mom, my family back home, they're like Shay. That's not even that's not even cold. It's like I'm like it's 50 degrees. I still use I still use Fahrenheit. I can't switch that but i'm like it was i think the lowest was like 40 which is like 8 or something 8 or 7 and i was like felt like i was dying yeah training. you're
1: talking celsius of course and yeah. uh yeah, i oh, sorry fahrenheit and where 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 celsius yeah I'm yeah the americans have to calculate a, yeah. the americans have a completely different way of seeing the world not only do they uh, they 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 use a vo- slightly different vocabulary but um the weights and measures and um uh, all the all the uh, uh the gauges that they use are very different to the ones we use in this country, so they can be confusing. It's almost like the the clock. The clock here is a bit <laughs> different too, but we won't go into that. Listen, tell me something. How long have you, have you have you been back at at Raw? Which is, as you say, this is your third stint.
3: Yes, or, or I was. Your second? I had a brief, like postseason signing. Like I I got picked up when I first got here, and then obviously I played last season. So this is like, well, this is like my second like real full season. Okay,
1: okay. So how are you finding it?
3: Yeah, it's good. We just started preseason last Monday, so we've just been into like about our second week um, this week, and it's it's been great. It's been a really intense preseason so far, um, and yeah, so it's been great. So, it's where's home week. for
1: you in Brisbane?
3: I am. Well, I since I just moved back up, I'm living um, kind of near the Redlands, like near the water, um, up in Brisbane, like to the east, like near Stradbroke Island, kind of that way. You
1: notice, Lockie. Um, once she, she sampled Bondi, she couldn't go and live anywhere else unless there was water nearby. So
3: I need water. Yeah, I have a view of water.
1: <laughs> okay, now tell me, um, uh, how's the squad looking? You're a few weeks away from a brand-new season, and uh, as you and I touched on just before we started, this promises, Lockie believes this is one of the most important uh, W League seasons of all time and made especially so with the arrival of another team.
3: Right. It's it's going to be so exciting. I, the team is looking good. Uh, we'll have people, like, still coming back. Minnie's still coming back. Obviously, we have our import keeper coming in a few weeks. She had some time off from the NWSL. So um, we've had, like, uh, different people that rested different amount of time. So it'll be interesting to see as the weeks of season progress. But right now it's really exciting time. Um, we have a great great group of girls we've we've been literally saying all the week like it's actually the vibe is really good and everyone's just gelling and feeling good together which is like hard especially when you get like there's obviously some core people but then there were like quite a bit of new faces as well so it's always interesting to see how that goes but it's been really good so far
1: brisbane raw had a reputation of being successful the coach is uh, one who really understands competition how's he driving you
3: yeah, Gareth's doing great. He's, he is so organized. I never had a coach so organized. Everything <laughs> is, is organized so well. And, yeah, we have a plan and a mission about what we want to do this year. And I think everything that we are doing every, on a daily basis is working to that goal. Are
1: you one-sided player or a both-sided player, uh, Shay?
3: I think I'll be moving around. I played left wing last year. so
1: What I'm asking year. is uh, can you use both feet?
3: Oh yes. But, yeah, I my left foot is now probably better than my right. Wow. I used to be like
1: See, right that's the college player. that's the college experience. They balance them out. They don't let them come out incomplete footballers. I like that very much. That makes you very very difficult to defend against, uh, Shay. Hello?
3: Oh, sorry My For some reason my thing cut out for a second. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> i was going to say be, because of the fact you can use either foot, it makes you a real conundrum for defences.
3: Yeah, I think that's something in the American system. My my U twelve coach, I had changed clubs and I went to, and I remember walking in, and he was like, "You need to be able to hit the ball with both feet." And we <laughs> like learned, and he actually like re us how to pass the ball because even with our right foot, because he didn't like the technique of it. And I literally used to be like, "This is so hard." So you know, and I I'm so grateful because I it, my left foot honestly is probably better because it's been trained since you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. I, it learned the the right way instead of your right foot as a child. You just learn it as technique and how your body like naturally does it. But my left is a lot more like honed in now.
0: It would have been pain, painful at the time, but but probably yeah. worth the, the investment. I mean, last year, you know that being your sort of uh, second stint at Brisbane, you know you're now into your second year. It was a, a breakout year for you. I mean, you hit seven goals uh, in the league. I'm pretty sure in the A League Women's. I think that would have put you in the top six or seven players in the competition which for someone who was you know playing in a wide position uh is quite the achievement how do you sort of set your goals for for this season because that that mark that you set for yourself last year was was a pretty high one and obviously you took out the the golden boot in the new south wales npl as well
3: yeah i think i i want to be more consistent from the get-go it took me like a few games to get in um mm-hmm. Cause I had last season I had played with lines and the competition was a bit um, like we dominated my NPL and I feel like it was less a bit less competitive than this season. So I think this season I'll be more ready, like from the start for a very like people with me at all times and that kind of competition, the close contact and having to separate myself from with a bit more like intense pre pre-season, which our NPL basically is, but yeah, I, I want, to continue to be you know one of the main goal scorers and i will work to do that that's definitely on my list um and just to be creating goals because whether like i score just like i just don't honestly want to be winning games but mm. i think coming off the back of another like golden boot season i definitely want to just continue that form into the a league
0: mm. well it, like when it comes to creating goals obviously that that's something you want to do if it helps your team to to get a win but it it could only be so easy to be the person providing that that killer pass when you've got such sort of quality midfielders in behind you. you of course, mentioned Minnie or Katrina Gori for those who aren't familiar with the nickname yeah, before. She's but fantastic. Ishnori does a does a power of work in that midfield line too. As a forward, you must feel quite blessed to have players with their sort of passing range and and vision to be able to supply you and and the the likes of Larissa as well.
3: Yeah, definitely. That's we are actually so grateful, especially uh Marielle Hecker in the midfield as well. Like mm. having all of the, the the options that we have this year is really, really exciting. And I think Minnie or Kachina Gore, for those that don't know, she is really <laughs> hitting form. Like I feel like last year she was like still coming back, and she by the end of this season, she was like really, you know, just such a standout. And then she's only gotten better since she's gone And all her Matilda's appearances. I think she's been like player of the match twice in the games she's played. And then it's just killing it out in Sweden. So I'm so excited to come back. Because like you said, it's like when you have people with honestly that kind of service, I feel like makes it a lot easier to yeah. you know put goals away.
1: Is she noisy on the field? Does she does she boss people around?
3: Who, Minnie? Yeah, Minnie. No, I wouldn't say she's bossy. I think she's like maybe a serve, but not not overly. She's just, honestly, her play speaks for herself. She doesn't have to say much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that last goal that she scored for the Matildas was fantastic. Mm.
3: Frightened the hell out of the
1: goalkeeper. (laughs) She she didn't say
3: that again. Say that um, again. She just honestly, so she scored that goal. Then she went back and over the weekend she played. So a few days later, she played a game for her Sweden team and hit a banger of a free kick in the fifth minute. So she is on fire at the moment.
1: Yeah, she is on fire, and can, can you can imagine what she's going to contribute. Now, uh, tell yeah, me something. Do you have a nose for goals? Can you sniff an opportunity?
3: I would say so in my time.
1: Yeah, see? I think so. That's an honest striker talking <laughs> there, Lockie. If you haven't met an honest striker before, you have now. Because when you ask them that question, the real ones no? – the real ones will always tell you, yes. Yeah, I think so. Oh,
3: yeah. Well, sometimes people say, oh, you're just there in the right place in the right time, and I'm like, for sometimes there's not – like I'm at that back post for a reason. I didn't just make it the run up the field, especially as a winger. I sometimes get those back posts like where it's like, oh, it's just a tap-in. I was like, no, I ran all the way up there for that kind of
0: thing. Uh, you, you saw it coming several she passes before play. it she happened. She read the play. Well, well, sometimes those opportunities are, are falling to you in the, the right place at the right time at the back post. Uh, because yeah. they've gone past someone like a, a Larissa Crummer, who is a player who we've seen sort of come back into the national team fold recently. She After had a, yeah, a yeah. solid A-League women's season last year with Brisbane. She's a bit of a different kind of of striker to I think what, what your, your sort of average is in, in the competition. How do mm. you enjoy linking up with her? Because she is the kind of player who does, even as a striker, someone who wants to score goals, is willing to to work with the teammates around her and bring others into play
3: yeah I'm I'm not sure if you guys know but we are Larissa is probably like my best friend on the team oh wow
0: thanks for telling
1: us
3: (laughs) (laughs) We, we she's probably like if you have to partner with someone we're always together um so honestly I feel like that translates really to how we play and we combine really really well and I feel like that we're both that type of player that will like, yes, you'll be selfish in certain places, but we definitely will look to bounce off of each other and create things for each other. And I think, I think honestly, that translates like to some of the like last season, obviously, like we had a lot of downs and results, but in terms of a lot of our play and the goals we did create, like those combinations, I think were showing about how close we were off the field. Cause I think that really does, make a difference in like knowing where people will be and you know the work rate for each other and Larissa is someone that would work her butt off every single game for everyone on the team. So I feel like it just makes you want to work out hard to work for her as well.
1: No, no, we we rate Larissa a lot. Uh, I remember seeing Larissa in her early uh, yeah, part of her career. Yeah, 16 I remember she that. Which was part she's... of uh, Melbourne City. So she's been a a terrific uh, a talent and to see her come back from injury and blossom again uh, is just super encouraging. Who's the noisiest person? Who's the loudest person at Brisbane Raw in the uh, W League side?
3: What do you mean loud? Like oh well, who,
1: who's who's the one that's likely to lead the singing? Likely to lead the dancing? Likely to create the uh, the the biggest noise in the in the dressing room? Uh, you can say, say yourself if it if it is.
3: No, I think I contribute to the noise. I think <laughs> Isnori is a, is a has definitely has a loud voice, always leads the vibe. She's our captain. So I would say her probably
1: very good. Um,
3: but we've got we've got a lot of fun personalities on the team. So, um, and obviously, like, I feel like it's just people are coming. I mean, it's only we've only had maybe a week and a half of training in, so it'll be really interesting to see who, who opens up as time goes on.
0: Well, Shay. You mentioned that that Ish is the sort of, I guess, vibes manager for the team. <laughs> one, one, one of the things that I've spoken to quite a few A League women's players about is that the choice of music and that being you know, how that functions as a, oh, as yeah. a build up into the game. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, on a, on a different program, we spoke to to Paige Zoys and she was saying that the the setup uh, for her NPL side was that I think I think this continues through the victory because there's a lot of crossover between the two teams. Is they have one of those massive JBL speakers that you put on, you know, that, that is on uh-huh. wheels and you wheel into the team yeah. and someone's in charge of that. How does that that practice work at work at Brisbane? What, what does the pre-match preparation look like? Who's in charge have, of the they music? They probably have a
1: tractor. They, yeah.
0: don't, have, they don't have a trolley of a tractor.
3: Um Isha actually is in charge of the music. I thought that um, might um, be the case. It, it, she, she, has, she actually already set up. We have two playlists starting already. We have a pre-training playlist which has like a mix of vibes like some chill and then some like as you start to get going yeah because it's not not as
0: ampy the pre-training atmosphere versus the match day atmosphere Mm.
3: and what's what's the match play
0: what's the match play music
3: oh it's it's a mix you've got like beyonce some rap we've got abba man after midnight oh it's just a collection of pretty much just bangers and yeah, we, we honestly, our team is always about the vibes. We will literally have music on always. It was a thing last year, like in the morning, there's always music playing um, just like as we're hanging out around each other and then always, um, always on game day, obviously.
0: Well, as he's trying to, to talk through Mm -hmm. the music constantly, what are the, the expectations that that your head coach uh, Gareth McPherson has, has set for you this season? Obviously, you know, finishing sixth last year, about, Seven points or so off the off the finals places. Is it just cracking that top four? Is that the the clear aim for this year?
3: Yeah, I definitely think cracking the top four. Um, but but honestly, being a team that's you know once we're in the top four, I I don't think anyone's just just to make it. I think we want to make the most of I think every game because even though you know we had a bit of up and down in season, and then to finish so close, you know, mm. like like it was with, was within reach, you know, at one point even at the end. After some like you know unlucky, I hate to say it, won no losses and stuff. I think that this year, like we've said, there's like no excuses. We're not a new team anymore. There's so many core players returning, and it's making the most of every opportunity, definitely. And and if we're in finals, we're going it to to win it, not to just be a participant.
0: Ooh, yeah. oh, absolutely. And, and Brisbane. Oh, uh, but
3: no, no, I'm not saying we're gonna. But I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Hey, yeah. hey, I love that sort of fire. Well, oh, and don't yeah. back, don't back down. Come. Fire it up! Look, I, Fired up I, I hope that you're right because I think when when Brisbane were at their best last year, you guys were involved in probably some of the the best, best games, games of yeah. the yeah. of the season last year. Particularly that that game against Victory is is one that one that springs to to mind to, to the forefront of mind. The other big change about this is not just a new uh, new side in the competition for you guys to to try and beat, but also the, the way the fans are going to be able to consume the uh, the comp this year. Obviously, all the games being on Ten Play and the introduction of a sort of goal rush style program for all the simultaneous kickoffs. We've spoken a lot about it on this station. Plenty of people have had their commentary online. I'd be curious to get a a player's player's perspective over what this new sort of approach to broadcasting the A-League women's uh, is, how that feels for
3: you. I think it's exciting. They do that um, for a lot of the college soccer games mm. in america a lot of them are fire and you'll get the notifications and you know, you'll get a clip and i think that's how they do a lot of the sports in america especially like all the nba games are on the same time that's how you do it and i think it is exciting and you can keep on more tabs of just what other games i do think sometimes i i, I like to watch other games and obviously we'll just watch replays but you know but because a lot of them will be at 2 p.m but i think it's exciting as much people that can watch the games as possible i think 2 p.m on a saturday is a time where most people are probably free so i think that uh hopefully that drives more um more of an audience this year and i just think anything that they're doing apl is doing a lot of great things like free tickets for under 16 year olds Mm. and things like that is just honestly incredible um and so it'll be really exciting i mean i think anything to drive you know more because obviously as you guys said the women's world cup is coming You know, women's soccer is growing all over the world in England and everywhere. They're continually breaking records almost every game, even in the U.S. as well, of filling out stadiums. So and especially with it being here. And I think once that happens, when people see that live, like, you know, the world's best competing, not just the Matildas, but like other countries as well. I feel like it will excite so many new generations as well. And I feel like we're just the pre prequel to that pretty much.
1: Fantastic stuff. Uh, Shay, it's been a delight to catch up with you. Please thank uh, Angela for making it happen. Angela Bacic at uh, Brisbane Raw. Uh, We wish you every success. We're going to try and catch up with Larissa. So, uh, you know, just gently tease her and say to uh, the boys, we'd love to talk to you at FNR when you get a moment. So if you can help us and act as our liaison, we'll be thrilled to bits.
3: Yes, for sure. I can... I'll plant
1: some seeds. <laughs> uh, once again, thank you very much for giving us an insight into Shay Connors and, and what's coming up and uh, how excited you are to be back in Brisbane where the weather is so much warmer, so, mo- so, so much, much more conducive to your, f- to your lifestyle. And we yeah. wish you all the very best. And we hope to see you uh, when you're in town. And if you are in town, we'll try and get you on air.
3: Yes, thank you so much for having me.
1: All the best, Shay. Thank you. Thank you bye.